You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Really on a sports, MLB, Orioles ownership. Bigger bases and bandwagon fans. Let's get it, baby. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Welcome into Brilliant Sports Podcast, episode number 109 on this February, or on this, yeah, on this February 23rd. Uh, already. Already goofing up, um, trying to swing for the fences here, but I'm, I'm barely making contact, my guy. Uh, how's it going, first of all? I mean, dude, there's going to be some heavy hitters in this one. You're so excited for the <laughs> season. You're already trying to, you know, push it forward to March or April, but um, I'm doing all right, doing all right, man. Football season's over, getting past that that post-depression um, after the Super Bowl. I think I'm, I'm perking up here a little bit, trying to smile some more, but uh, no, it, it, things are going pretty well, man. I'm, Looking forward to talking a little bit of baseball with you. I know that you got some pretty strong things to say about the Orioles' ownership. We'll get into that pretty soon. But what is it, man? Like spring training doesn't it start tomorrow, or tomorrow's the first game of the of preseason or something. I don't know baseball like that, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm in football uh, it, mode still, folks. I apologize. Preseason it's starts August. tomorrow. <laughs> hey, man, different different strokes for different folks is what they say. So this ain't no, golf, uh, though, brother. This ain't golf. <laughs> <laughs> no uh no worries there yet pitchers and catchers have been been in the building for over a week now the rest of the players showed up this past week so really we're getting into the spring training there's two games tomorrow I can't say they're marquee matchups not that I mean I don't think really anybody cares anyway about spring training but <laughs> Rangers and Royals and uh Mariners and Padres so uh both right in the middle of the afternoon three o'clock start times there um, pretty much all the rest of the teams go get going on on Saturday. Okay, okay. Well, I know that your team is the Baltimore Orioles, and although I'm not an avid baseball watcher, I still try to stay up to date on things. I used to be, used to be big on it, and I've been a Yankees fan, was a Yankees fan, am a Yankees fan. I'm sure we'll have plenty of head-to-head frustrations, <laughs> and uh, I, don't, I mean, I don't know, man. As far as the Orioles go, I don't think you're going to have too much to come at me with, but – you know, what do you think about that? I know you're, you've been outraged on Twitter, Orioles ownership. I'm going to hand the mic over to you. Before that, I just want to say, hide your kids, hide your wife. It's about to get explicit up in this bish. Go ahead, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, we try and keep this uh, relatively PG-13 as we can. This this whole ordeal is just so frustrating. For the longest time, uh, Peter Angelos was running the show for the for the Baltimore Orioles. Um, the way he made his money really was through the asbestos whole thing. So he's a lawyer in Baltimore. 
heavy hitter, obviously. I mean, a billionaire. Long story short, nine, you go back, you know, now over 20 years, 1998, the Orioles spent the second most money in MLB, uh, in the MLB next to the Yankees. We're long since removed from there. Um, the Orioles are 28th in payroll uh, coming into this season. You can blame some of that on signing Chris Davis to like a lifetime contract, basically <laughs> going on 10, 15 years ago. They're still paying him. I think he's actually making the most money on their on their books this season, which he's not even he hasn't played in three years. So that's a disgrace within itself. Um, but we'll, we'll move forward from there. Um, John Angelos is, is Peter Angelos, son. He's an absolute like abomination of a person. Uh, I'm going to I am going to go that far. I mean, the guy has been he comes from a family of lawyers and he did not pass the bar exam. So that should tell you that he uh, he lacks brain cells. With that being said, I mean, uh, disclaimer, I really got- disclaimer, disclaimer, <laughs> the bar exam is not easy. So for no. any uh, aspiring lawyers out there, <laughs> um, don't take it personally if you don't pass the first time. A lot of people don't. But with the pedigree of his of his dad. This man lacks brain cells in comparison. That's anyway, what I'm yeah, like he, he's born <laughs> into the perfect situation and he wanted to be a lawyer. So in that respect, he's failed. Anyways, uh, I wouldn't just slam, you know, the average uh, citizen. Uh, but this guy is just he's he's just he's garbage. So they're asking him questions. He's you know, it's a, an oppressor before the, the spring training gets started. Date back to, you know, just a couple of days ago, um, they asked him about payroll on Martin Luther King Day, and his excuse on Martin Luther King Day was, this is Martin Luther King Day. Martin Luther King would not want me talking about payroll today. So talk about a guy that just deflects anything as he can. He is just a coward. Fast forward to just a couple of days ago, they they interview him, like I said, in, the, in this presser here. He said, basically, we have overachieved as a ball club last year. Um, they won how many games not- last year? What was it, 83 games last year or something like that? 83, yeah. I think that's – it's right – you're right there, yeah. Something like – I can't right, exactly right, remember. Right around 500 ball club. Yeah. But they did miss the postseason. Like, you know, they had a great shot at making the postseason, but they just ran out of gas at the end and the bullpen exploded and everything else. But, yeah, he, he's just – he has no commitment for this ball club. He He's made every excuse in the world why they don't want to spend more money. This time he said – it's more important that we get uh, concerts at Camden Yards. It's more important that we build and maintain a good relationship with Baltimore the, and the city. And he said, he, he actually said this, man, like, and you're not, I don't know if you'll believe this, but he said, quote unquote, it is not my job to predict payroll. <laughs> Excuse me, man. I'm sorry. And I'm and here come the expletives, but who's signing the fucking checks, man? You are. So don't sit there and say that it's not, in my job it's exactly your job it's probably the main thing that you do he probably doesn't even know what how to write a check to be honest with you because his dad probably still writes them for him but he <laughs> he he's a joke man he, he the, the fact that you're and brent touched on it on on their their last show 1420 sports podcast check that out but brent said like they're a they're a pretty decent ball club out of nowhere with all the i mean they have one of the best it's actually ranked number one farm system in baseball, though the Orioles do, but you can't rely on just prospects. And and Brent said it said it perfect. He said prospects are cool, but championships are cooler. Couldn't be more right about that. Like 
you can't rely on all these young kids to come up and be absolute studs. Now there are like Adley Rutschman looks like he's going to be one of the best catchers in baseball. He's already ranked in the top 10, top five in some, some comparisons, but yeah, man, he, John Angelos, if you just look at the team as being a toy for you to make money, then you're, you need to get out, man. Like you need to, that that's disrespectful to the fan base. That's, you're so worried about the partnerships with Baltimore. I'd be more worried about how your your fans feel about, you know, what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, seriously, the the partnership with the city of Baltimore, baseball being America's pastime, you know, Baltimore has a relatively rich history. You know, Cal Ripken Jr., uh, Eddie Murray, uh, those are the two guys that come to mind, like, right away for me. But it's like Baltimore, I'm pretty sure that, like, they want to have a good baseball team. If you want to keep – the relationship with the city better i would imagine you'd want to make your baseball team better i get one and a half concerts in there you know that's a great way to bring in revenue but you got to play baseball too it's a, it's a beautiful stadium i mean i've been to camden yards uh on, on two separate occasions it's a beautiful stadium dude the, the people come out in droves for the ravens games so i know like back when the Orioles were in the playoffs scene it was really 2014 is when they hosted some home playoff games that place was I mean, the cameras were shaking. That's how electric that that place can be. It's just such a shame. Like, it's like being a kid on Christmas morning. You come down the steps and there's nothing there. That, that's what it feels like to be an Orioles fan sometimes because the, the ownership just does not care about – they don't care about the, the fans. They don't. They care more about making money than they do about winning games or putting a winner on the field. Another thing he said that, that's absolutely comical is uh, we're probably not going to have – any or close to the payroll of the Mets, Dodgers, or even the Red Sox, certainly not the Yankees. That's not an Orioles thing. That's a small market or middle market thing. Guess what? The Padres, the Padres are the, are the 27th out of the 30 teams are the 27th smallest market. The Padres are, and they've spent their, I think now their third or fourth in payroll in the MLB and the Orioles are the 28th market. So don't it's excuses, man. That's all it is. He's, he, he doesn't want to spend money. He wants to build a team that enough people go and watch, and he wants to collect his check. He does not care about baseball. He doesn't care about the Orioles. He, he, he's just absolute garbage, man. He, he's the equivalent to um, Dan Snyder of the, the commanders. He, he's the same Ooh. person. Ooh. So. That's tough, man. That's tough. Just so many changes in baseball in general this year with quite a few different rule changes. Well, apparently nothing's going to change in Baltimore as far as, as, far as the ownership goes. That's just absolutely disgusting. Uh, we'll move on to a player here, and, and I know this is going to pain you to talk a little bit about the Yankees, but we got to mention Aaron Judge, and you and I were talking a bit before the show, and even this is something that you respect. Um, he's not willing to play for, what is it, Team USA in the, what is it, the World World Championships? World yeah, well, baseball, baseball classic, baseball yeah. classic, yeah. Because he, you know, after signing that contract, he says he feels like he has an obligation. He said he'd love to play for Team America or Team USA, but he has an obligation to the Yankees first and foremost. I have to respect that. I mean, I understand where people are going to be upset with him because it's like, oh, USA first. But at the same time, it's like he got his bag, and instead of just being like, all right, I got my bag, I'm cool to do whatever I want, he's like, you know, I'm just going to stay first and foremost to the Yankees because they're my employers. That's who I owe my allegiance to. I got to put, you know, help put butts in the seats at Yankee Stadium. And to do that, I need to be healthy and to play, you know, games outside of the MLB season. It, there's always a risk that you do get hurt. Even as a Red Sox fan, you should respect Aaron Judge. Like he is class personified. He's he's Derek Jeter 2.0. Uh, so 
he might even be more. No, nah, I'm not going to make it a comparison, but, <laughs> yeah, but, but totally different class here. Yeah, know? Totally but, different players. I mean, Jeter <laughs> being a shortstop, he wasn't really a power hitter, man. So it's like, right. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Continue. I mean, it would just been, it would have been something like, and I'm by no means my Yankees guy, but if judge and G if judge and Jeter were on the same team, that would have been absolutely insane to think about. But real quick, would you have rather had, Judge and Jeter together or Jeter and A-Rod? Because you're looking at power with Alex Rodriguez, you know, obviously hitting a lot of home runs and Judge setting the AL record for the most home runs in a season this last season. It's, what do you think? The, you take away the character and look at their players and then you put the character into it. You know, we, you know, A-Rod is, all right, let's just keep the character away from it. Let's try to keep it just based on the play. What do you think? What's the more lethal combo? A-Rod in his prime with Jeter or would you rather have Judge and Jeter? I actually I didn't I didn't mind A Rod compared to a lot of I mean people called him A Roid and everything else but I think if if Judge and Jeter played at the same time like that would have been probably one of the best um, clubhouses just because like you got Jeter who's a leader you got Judge who's a leader the only thing is is Judge has had his his problems in the postseason it's pretty well documented I mean eventually A Rod did turn the corner and I remember the the postseason in which they went on to to beat the Phillies like A Rod went off in that postseason. So I, I do think judge will fight, figure it out. He's not going to be bad in the postseason forever, but I would have loved to see that even, even not, you know, me being a, a quote unquote Yankees hater. I, I don't hate them as much as I used to. Um, I do have respect for, for their players more so than, than the ownership, but yeah, judge and Jeter together. That would have been, that would have been something to see. I mean, I don't know if they both would have been the captains like they, you know, one day Jeter trots out there, and then, and then, but <laughs> But that would have been that would have been something. Yeah, live sports is great on television, but the feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. That's why our friends at SeatGeek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, but you can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. Search for your desired event now at SeatGeek.com, enter promo code BELLYUPSPORTS at checkout, and you save 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. Yeah, I mean, Judge has big shoes to fill with being the first captain since Jeter. And, I mean, there's really not another guy you can even begin to consider to give that that role to, considering what he just did this last season. I mean, as far as regression goes, you figure it's got to be almost a guarantee he regresses just a little bit. The only thing he could really – I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he hits 65 dingers this year. But <laughs> I think the main thing for him would be to get – when they get to that postseason, assuming they do, uh, get to that postseason just to really – kind of starts to forge a legacy as a post postseason stud as well as just a regular season phenom. And I, you know, I don't doubt that he will as well. You know, sometimes it takes some of the best players a while to get over that hump. So what was it? Who's the pitcher last year that got his first world series? Was it Verlander? Verlander? Verlander. Yeah. Yeah. Right. First world series win. And he's one of the best pitchers of this, of this era, if not of all time. And it took him that long at however old he is, he's getting up there in age as well. So it's like, Sometimes it just takes a while to break through, but you figure Judge will get it together at, at some point there. But even just listening to him talk, reading the articles, and just about how his focus is just getting better, getting better, getting better, doing the daily things better. Like he just seems like such a class act as a person. He doesn't seem like an arrogant a hole. He just got this huge contract. Wasn't he? He's you know offered a little bit more money elsewhere, if I remember correctly, what San Fran or something. Uh, I, I know San Fran, also the Padres for sure. They they offered him 400 mil. But so. the respect to come back to the Yankees clubhouse and say, you know, I want to be here. I want to be a New York Yankee. I'm in pinstripes. I want to help my team 
I want to help us get a ring. And, um, you know, got to, got to respect that. But I want to ask you, you know, we're both relatively close to Philly. I mean, we live about two hours to Philly. I'm a Yankees fan. You're an Orioles fan. How in the world did you become an Orioles fan? And then I'll tell you how I became a Yankees fan. Cause it just, it seems like we should both be Phillies fans. And then I got a follow-up question after we kind of tell our backgrounds there. Yeah. And, 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 you know, if, if Jim at fan of the van or, or Brent or any of those guys, like the real baseball heavy uh, shows that, that tune in, if they want to blast me, I understand it, but I did grow up watching the Phillies more so. So I, I have that, like, you know, I guess you call it one a and one B uh, fan base where I, I do pull for the Phillies heavily and, I, I just I love the underdog, man. Like that's just that's who that's who I always go for. So like the Phillies, especially of late, they definitely don't feel like an underdog. They feel like the Yankees. They they're they're spending Ooh. money like it's going out of uh of business. You know what I mean? Like they are just they're making it rain. And and I, I don't like personally like that. I like a team that's I think the the Braves are a model franchise in building a, a team from the farm and then going out and spending spending some money but they're not they're not a team that would just go out and blow the bag that that's why I could never get into like the Yankees and, and things like that but I mean yeah I just I went to a lot of Orioles games my dad's an Orioles fan you know he watched them in the glory days Jim Palmer Eddie Murray I mean they were rattling off chips back then but yeah I, I've just always I've always tuned into those I, I like the fact they're in the AL East um, playing the Yankees playing the Red Sox. Uh, even the Rays are no slouch now. The Blue Jays, like it's just such a competitive division. I like that. I like that they're the underdog. And for the longest time, I mean, the National League, they had the pitcher hitting. And, you know, the Phillies being the National League, I, I just thought that was so corny. Because how many times does a pitcher get a hit in a hundred at bats? I mean, five maybe. You know, so yeah. My dad was a a Phillies fan, and much to his chagrin, I became a Yankees fan. But I remember – I don't remember who the pitcher was. Uh, I remember watching the game with him. The pitcher hit a grand slam, and his next at bat, he came up with the bases loaded and hit it all the way to the warning track. It was like my dad was going absolutely nuts. He started talking about, oh, back in the day, like Steve Carlton, he used to get home runs, and like his batting average wasn't anemic, and this, this, and that. My dad was in his element, absolutely loving it. But that did, did always strike me as odd how then the National League – they hit with the pitchers, then the American League had the DH, which, I mean, look at, you don't have to be able to play the game other than just swing a baseball bat, you know, to be in the American League um, in a lot of ways. You know, no disrespect to older players like like Big Poppy, did, you know, guys like that. What, what Barry Bonds, wasn't he a DH as well? Like, like, wasn't he a DH? I mean, obviously, originally he wasn't back when he was thin before no. the roids and all that with, with the Pittsburgh. No, because he... Yeah, because he always played. He was always a National League player, so he had to play. I guess he played right field. Um, oh, okay. Might as yeah. well. Have been. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean that's a fair. Like no one remember him. Him playing the like when he was on the Pirates, he was you know a buck eighty, and he stole forty bases a year. Then he went yeah. to San Fran, and he looked like the Michelin Man. So I mean, obviously, <laughs> obviously, San they, Fran Michelin Man. Aaron got the <laughs> Aaron got the bars. Let's go. No, but. <laughs> But dude, I mean, the since the the National League adopted the DH, I think that was like two years ago now. It you know I, I do I do like it just as much. Uh, obviously, just the rules being the same, and and like I said, I do have that soft spot for the Phillies. But you know, I I do like the O's. So I go back, you know, whatever. Call me fake, whatever. But I like I like both franchises. If if the Orioles were, you know, more committed to winning, I I might just you know be heavy on them. But it's impossible. It's like rooting for the Athletics, man. Like. <laughs> 
how hard is that to do year in and year out? You know, these, these owners don't give a shit. Yeah, you know, I'll let you know how I became a Yankees fan, and then we'll talk about some rule changes here, and then I want to end with a question that um, really plays off of what you just said there. So you talk about liking the Orioles as an underdog. One of the reasons I picked the Yankees was, okay, so football is my first love. Being a long-suffering Eagles fan up until 2017, never won a championship. I just I wanted to pick a winner in baseball and I ended up, you know, started collecting sports cards. And one of my first cards was Derek Jeter and then Roger Clemens back when he was with the Yanks. So, you know, I looked at these guys, I studied their stats, you know, I learned about these these two individual players and how good they were. And then I saw that the Yankees were, you know, they had a bunch of World Series titles. And I was like, Oh, cool. I like these guys. I'm gonna pick a team that actually gets a freaking championship because the Eagles freaking won't do it. Which is a whole nother story about, you know, back in the day, how they didn't get him any wide receivers with McNabb. But anyway, you know, (laughs) like, am I a bandwagon fan? Was I a bandwagon fan? Yes and no. And you tell me, Aaron, because like I did the only like the first thing was I got these baseball cards and I studied the guys and I was like, oh, that's that's really cool. They seem like really good players and got to know a bit about them. And then when it came time to pick a team, it's my dad's chagrin. I picked the Yankees because he was a Phillies fan. But what do you think? Was was that a bandwagon fan? And be brutally honest, man. You call me. I can handle it, bro. I can handle it. It's not like we're going to be throwing hands or anything. You're on the other side of the Zoom call. <laughs> no, it's it's not that deep. Like, um, you know, where, where these people, I mean, you go to a Yankees Red Sox game, people are throwing hands because it is that deep. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie, man. I can't sit here and say I, I like that only because I've, I've always kind of picked the teams that people – like, dude, the reason I picked the Eagles, I was, like, this close to being a Steelers fan, and everybody was shitting on the Eagles constantly at, at, in my elementary school. And I was like, okay. I was like, everybody shit. I was like, you know what? It's going to be worth it when they win. So that's why I, I was like, I like that. 20 like years later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, it's, you know, they've had more success in our lifetime than, than you know, older older gentlemen and, and, and ladies and things like that. Like, they've waited forever to see – uh, a Super Bowl and we we got to see one you know relatively quickly in respect to that so I I don't know man I can't I can't get behind that thinking of like if I was to be like I'm a huge Philly fan like last year ever since they spent all this money I'd be like that's ah, <laughs> but hey I mean it's it's not your main sport anyway so I can't say like you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shit on you or anything like that like you know you like the Yanks it is what it is I liked them since I was about, you know, eight years old, too. It was, the first, too. it was the first team. Yeah, I stuck with them. You know, I baseball not being my first sport. I mean, I was back then I had a lot more baseball cards and I followed it a lot more closely because that was like a sport my dad would watch with me as well as football. And we could actually get games without channel or uh, without cable television, you know, back when you had to like move the rabbit ears and hope that the fuzziness was gone enough and you could barely see the baseball, but you could hear the crowd, you know? So in a way it was like part of the time it was like a radio type feel, you know, cause it's like, you couldn't see much or at least you could hear. But, um, so yeah, I mean, bandwagon as an eight year old, a little bit different than, you know, being full grown adult and just switching teams. But with that though, if your team sucks, if ownership shows no love for the players, for the city, for the organization. Is it acceptable to switch your favorite team because you're so tired of mediocrity and you're like, I can't handle it. It's not like, okay, they have bad luck, you know, year after year, but it's just literally the owners coming out like the Orioles and basically being like, oh, we don't give a shit. Is it okay to either switch teams or is it okay to fully start voting for another team? Like you got the Phillies National League team, you got the Orioles American League team. Is that acceptable or or is that kind of like, 
heading for greener pastures. What do you think? I think it isn't baseball because baseball is not like regulated. Like the, the, the NFL it's, you know, there's a salary cap and obviously the Rams kind of are an example of a team that went above and beyond to just get a chip and like, but anybody, anybody has the ability to do that. Like if the Eagles wanted to go out and just blow money and pay a huge amount in, in, I don't even know what they call it. It's just being over the cap, basically the penalties. Luxury tax, I believe which is what it's yeah, called. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like anybody can do that in baseball. Like if, if the Orioles want to go out, they're going to spend – it looks like it's on the books for like $64 million, and the Mets are going to spend upwards of $300 million. Like, come on, man. I mean, do you really have a, a legit – you better have the, the most sound farm system you've ever seen. Like you better have a, a great position player at, at every position. You better have a whole rotation, a bullpen, everything, just to compete with these guys. I mean, the, the Mets go out and get Lindor. They got – uh, Pete Alonzo, they've obviously they add Verlander now. Like it, it's just Steve Cohen is an owner that has said to the, to the Mets fans, like, you know, I'm a Met fan myself. I want to make this team win. Like that's exactly yeah. who I wish the Orioles had as an owner. But I mean, the Phillies owners kind of done the same thing. He, he's going out and blowing the bag. You know, obviously your Yankees don't ever take a back seat to spending money. And, and it's, it's not, I'm not going to sit here and cry like a baby and say, it's not fair. Oh, poor us. Like, I think it's more than acceptable to be like, Hey, you know, I have another team I pull for because I mean, especially in the AL East, like how are we supposed to compete with the, the blue Jays who have spent well over a hundred million Yankees over 200 million Red Sox spend over a hundred million. The only team that in that division that has made it work is the Rays, and they've yet to win a world series. Yeah. They've, they've knocked on the door a couple of times, um, but they only, they don't spend like any money. And then whenever they have a good player, they'll trade them away in a couple of years to recoup more, more farm system talent. So yeah, long story short, man, I think it is acceptable in a sport like baseball or even like a sport like basketball where a superstar might be on your team for a year or two and they jump ship, you know? Yeah. I was about to put you on a pitch timer there to answer the question with a yes or no, but I love the analysis. It's very well broken down uh, with um, a segue into the, the timers. What do you think, man? The, the baseball, you know, years ago, games were quick. As of late, they you know they're making some changes to try to speed them up a little bit. I personally like this counter. My dad used to put it this way: He goes, back when I used to watch ball back in the seventies, sixties, seventies, eighties. He's like, the guy might you know put his foot out, the batter would put his foot out, you know, quick adjust his gloves, spit on his hands, pop back in, swing, you know, stretch his shoulders, swing. You know, he goes now. He goes, they stand up to the plate, they swing their bat three times, they call hold, they step out. They scratch their ass. They, you know, adjust their jock strap. They fix their, you know, their hair. And then they step back in and then they're like ready to swing. So it's like that all takes like 45 seconds to a minute. And it depends if the guy wants to, you know, hawk up a load of spit or something on top of that, depending on now, I've seen guys spit on themselves. It's actually hilarious, actually. But anyway, so um, <laughs> I like the idea of limiting Aaron he's over there dying, bro. Oh man, this isn't going to be on video. Probably this ain't going to be a video probably, but if it was, you know, he's over here dying folks. Um, might need to get that man some oxygen. Like he was an O lineman running from, you know, start to finish hundred yard dash. But anyway, um, so I like it, man. Like, uh, the pitchers are going to have, you know, 15 seconds with nobody on base to go into their pitching motions, 20 seconds if there's there's batters on base. 
Uh, if they go over that, it's going to be an automatic ball. And then I don't remember the the timer, and you could probably help me out on this, the count for the baseball, well, the baseball players, for the batter. But if they take too long, they're getting an automatic strike. Do you like this? I mean, obviously, the preseason going is going to be a big adjustment period. I think that's one of the reasons why people should watch preseason games. Um, shout out to Brent on 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. He was mentioning that, that you should definitely tune in, see how it works, and you know, kind of pick, a, pick an idea or get an idea and see if you like it. But I like the timing. What do you think about it? Do you think that it's going to work ultimately? Do you think people are just going to kind of rebel and be like, you know, screw it? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I, I kind of want to see these these elite hitters like kind of just be like, you know what? I have my routine. I'm going to stick to my routine. I'll take an extra strike and like still pop a a, a dinger into the seats. Like that would be <laughs> that would be savage uh, for sure. But no, that that whole rendition of like what they do before they get in the box that that was very well like said. Uh, it's hilarious too the fact that they you alluded to them spit. I mean, Big Poppy spit on his hands every single every pitch. He spit on his hands on his gloves and then and then obviously got into his motion there. But yeah, batters must be in the box and alert the pitcher alert to the pitcher by eight second mark or they will be charged with an automatic strike. I, eight seconds. I do like it. Oh, wow. I do okay. like it though, man. I I, I think. The only thing I see being a problem is like some of these pitchers that throw, I mean, a lot of the pitchers now throw a hundred plus, which is insane. There's a lot of these starting pitchers, even like a Verlander will, will tick up to a hundred and Zach Wheeler, Garrett Cole, a lot of them. Um, but I think, I don't know, man, like, is that going to cause injury where it's like, they're rushing the pitch they're rushing, they're just going it, bang, bang, mm. bang, bang, bang. Good like, point. Yeah. I didn't think about that. I don't, I hopefully not, but I could see that being a problem. And if and if in, if pitchers start getting injured left and right, they gotta they gotta at least adjust it. I I like how they're trying to speed it up, and I think they're trying to get uh, younger people and uh, to watch the game and and not tune out because there's all this just dead time. That's what they're trying to cut out, which I agree. But I hope I hope it's not going to cause other issues in the in the meantime of of the rule changes. Another thing with the pitchers. Uh, they have a, a new pickoff rule. And I remember growing up, you'd watch a guy try to pick off first base four or five, six times. Well, you're not going to be able to do that now. You get two pickoff attempts, and then on the third pickoff attempt, what happens? If they don't successfully pick them off, they will be awarded uh, the next base, usually second. I mean, you're usually not picking a guy off at, at second. but Yes, yeah, so, I mean, that should um, speed it up a little bit. I, I like the idea of that, that third pickoff attempt. It's it's all or nothing. So the batter can decide or the base runner can decide like, hey, I'm going to take an extra big lead in hopes that the pitcher is going to let it go. And it's possible, you know, stolen base gives them a jump or he can take that lead. And the pitcher is like, aha, got you, sucker. But it also gives that pitcher that that, you know, that decision in their head. I think it adds more intrigue to the game. I think it makes oh, for sure, man. I mean, I've seen like I've seen games where they throw over 10 times. I'm like, come on, man. Like. Even at the barns, you know, our local team here in Lancaster, PA, there's a Barnstormers, uh, that's the team. And, and I've seen pitchers throw over six, seven, eight times. Like, no one wants to see that, man. I mean, I I, I know it makes the, the hitter more anxious in the box. Like, all right, let's get it going. So then they're more aggressive usually at the plate. It's a whole – baseball is one big chess game or mind game. But, yeah, I mean, I, I like that. I, I think that will definitely increase – they're doing a lot to increase scoring. And I think that will be another thing where – like getting rid of the shift and and doing that that pickoff move or that that pickoff change, it, it's going to increase scoring because because people are, are going to try and throw over three times. Don't get me wrong, I, I think you will still see that. 
Yeah, what shift are you talking about here? So, like, before they'd have, like, th three, mostly the time, three infielders on the right side of the infield if they know the guy just, you know, shoots ground balls to the right side of the infield. Now, I know they can still do somewhat of a shift. I don't know exactly the details of it, but they definitely made it to where there, there's not as many aggressive shifts. Like, the second baseman would be playing closer to first, and then the shortstop would be playing where second is because that's where that guy – it's a, a analytical thing where that that guy hits the ball there eight times out of ten, so they they know it's the ground ball should be coming there. But they uh, they started to get rid of that, so you'll see batting averages tick up. You'll see more runs scored. Like that that's going to change a lot, also in the game. Yeah, I wonder how pitchers' ERAs are going to go. Honestly, if, you know if that's going to be something that we see a lot higher. I would imagine. You know, you just said the batting, you know, the uh, the batting averages are going to go up. The run scored are going to go up. I mean, the ERA then has to shoot up, too, I guess. So I am curious to see just how much, though. Uh, I'm curious to see if the games are going to go up, you know, by an average of like one run a game or half a run or two two runs a game. It's, it's going to be interesting. That's for sure. There's going to be a learning curve. Um, it makes me more interested in watching more baseball this year just because of the rule changes, just to see some of the goof ups, just to see the way that it's different. Honestly, another big thing is that, you know, they're trying to bring back the stolen base a bit and they made the bases bigger. And uh, just looking at a picture, you know, one next to another, I think it's like, let me see here. Yeah. 15 by 15 is what it was. And now we're going 18 to 18. So, I mean, that's an extra nine square inches of base. It, as someone said, it looks like a pizza box. I don't remember. That might have been Brent over at 1420 as well, but we got the pizza box bases now. Do you think that that's going to really um, cause much of a change in the stolen base percentage between the potential bulk and the bigger bases, or is it not really going to matter all that much? That's the one I'm kind of – I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. Like, I think, obviously, bigger base – better chance you can get your hand in there before the the tag and things like that you know you reach for that outside corner but I don't know I, I'm interested to see once they start playing here I'm gonna be real curious to see how the bases look like during a live game like the will it look absolutely ridiculous it might right uh, might it might look like a like arena football type you know that you know just something weird like that where it's like is that even real um I'm I'm not against it I don't know how it's gonna like really change the game I'm kind of curious but yeah I, I think you'll definitely see more scoring and and more more fireworks this year in, in baseball and I think that's good for the game so I know all these purists uh, baseball is a very traditionalist game and all these you know get off my lawn type guys are, are hating every bit of this um, but you know adapt or die I guess let me go on a little bit of a trade here why in the world do people get so butthurt when guys do bat flips and point to the sky and, you know, spin in a circle or jump up and down? Like, like you're 22 years old. You just hit a home run to bring your team to victory. Like, you know, okay, maybe in the office it's going to look a little silly. Like you close, a, you know, a sales deal and you're just like, you know, <laughs> bam, you just flip your stapler and something like that. You know, maybe like that's going to look a bit ridiculous, but I don't know, man. Like, I love it. You know, I think that showboating in football is a bit excessive. It's like, okay, you made a tackle, like congratulations to get your butt up, go to the next play. But like, you know, celebrating a sack, celebrating an interception in the NBA, you got guys doing shimmies, you know, Trey young with a little shimmy, you know, Steph Curry and stuff like that. I don't understand why people get so upset about it. I think it brings excitement. I think it brings character. Now, uh, 
I think it's hilarious when we got it as a bat flip and it's not a home run. I think it's absolutely priceless. It, it makes for a great highlight reel, great, a great blooper reel, which to me adds even more fun to the game. It's like, why not? Like this game, let's, let's add a little bit of comedy to it. You know, let's add a little bit more excitement, like let these guys express their emotions. I mean, they're out there getting a lot of money. There's a ton of pressure. You got hundreds of thousands, you know, millions of people watching them around the country. They hit a home run. They're going to get excited. You know, if you, if you close the deal, or if I close say, I'm not going to say you, but if I close the sales deal in the office where it secured me, you know, $80 million, whereas some of these guys get these hits that get them these big contracts, I'm flipping a freaking stapler too. Like, watch out, Brenda. Like, make sure you don't get hit by the, the staple flying off. But I'm flipping a stapler too. You know, like, just, just get into it. Relax. Have fun. You know, let people play. Let the boys play baseball. So that's my little trade there. Uh, Aaron, can you breathe over there? <laughs> oh, man. This, this is... Uh... This might be a comedy show today as well as a sports podcast, but uh, no, I have no problem with it either. I mean, there's a guy on the Yankees. I'll call him out a little bit just because he's like notorious for he doing he Josh Donaldson last year. He probably did 35 plus bat flips and he hit 15 home runs. So (laughs) that's that's a bad look uh, when you you know, you got to know that you hit it out. Like if you know you hit it out, I have no problem. You bat flipping, you know, bat spiking. And the guy on the uh, – Reese Hoskins on the Phillies in the playoffs, he spiked the bat almost like a football um, just because he was that amped. Like, that's awesome. Like, bring more more passion to the game. I mean, Tony La Russa, he was the manager of the White Sox uh, just this past year, and he's one of those get-off-my-lawn, like, old-school managers. And he said his own player hit a home run, and the game was already 15-4 to at that point, and he said – sportsmanship's kind of dead in baseball. I don't think we should run up the score. Look, man, everybody's out there trying to, you know, not, I'm not going to say pad their stats, but like you're going to the plate. You're not just going to strike out because you're winning 15 to four. Like, right. Right. You play the game until the final outs recorded. Like, yeah, I don't get it. You have your legacy to, to look at. Um, you have like, you know, securing the bag, you baseball players, they want to make their money and you got these insane contracts. We were just talking about some of them, you know, and, maybe some of the owners are going to look at that and be like, Oh, okay. Well, we were up so big that in 20 games that his batting average went down a little bit, bro. These guys are trying to win, you know, the triple crown. These guys are trying to lead the league in batting average. They're trying to, you know, hit the most dingers. They, they want as many RBIs as possible. Like they want to go down in the record books. I understand if they have a position player pitching and you got four straight guys swinging for the fences, that's a bit <laughs> of like a, it's a bit of a jerk move. If you're up by 20, However, in a situation where you're playing against a normal pitcher, you smack that sucker out of the park. If this guy's in there to get some experience, you give him some experience. You know, like this is how a real big league hitter is going to hit. If not, go back to triple A, go back to double A. And I'm not trying to be a jerk, but like, I don't know, man. Like, it's that's one of the reasons I honestly like stopped watching so much baseball was like it was getting boring. Like there were all these dumb rules. People were scratching their nuts way too much in the outside, you know, when they were, you know, at the plate. Yeah, pitchers throwing at first base 15 times. Like, I don't know, dude. I like it. Bring the excitement. Bring the fun. Get the runs. Like, I, and I love it, too, like the good pitching duel. I like to see, like, a player get almost that no-hitter to that perfect game, which irks the living piss out of me, bro, unless it's a health hazard. When you got a pitcher, I don't give a shit about the analytics. Nerds, I'm a nerd, too, but nerds, shut up. Don't say nothing. I don't even give a crap what y'all think. If a pitcher is six or seven innings, or into a no-hitter or a perfect game, there should be a rule that you cannot pull him. He needs a chance at history. Where is the fun of watching four guys 
get a combined no hitter. Like it's cool. All right, you know, congratulations. But let the guy keep pitch. As soon as he gets a hit, gives up a hit, yank him. That's fine, whatever. But at seven innings, like he's seven ninths of the way there. Like let the man go for history. Come on now. You know, there's only I don't know how many no hitters are in the league every year. A lot less individual no hitters since all the analytics and the nerds took over. But you know, perfect games. There's not too many in you know, in the league. And one that comes to mind is I forget who it was. It might've been Verlander, but he six, six innings of a perfect game. Now he had some health concerns, but they pulled him, you know, and I was, was like, all right, if that was indeed all about his health and you got, you're going to have managers bullshit and all the time, like, Oh, his pitch counts 83. You know, the analytics say at 85, your chances of hurting an arm go up 3.6985%. Again, shut up nerds play baseball if you want all these old fogies out there complaining about the game evolving too much that's the one they need to complain about the most like okay i'm done there's another tirade Uh, i'm good for now i'm good for now all right go ahead (laughs) no no i'm super glad you brought that up because no it was was actually curse clayton kershaw last this was just last yeah last year no oh good um yeah he he, uh dave roberts who you know he was in the news for you know talking about cheating and things like that but his manager at the time dave roberts just last season he was in the he was through seven perfect innings What's they pulled seven? him in the top yeah okay. seven through Even seven worse. and they and they pulled him uh in a perfect game to not a not a like a no hitter is no don't get me wrong no hitter is very impressive but a perfect game is like that's just that is nearly impossible to do that no walks no hits um that that's no errors too on top of that that i mean that robs your players as well uh, at the chance of a perfect game as well because i mean they have to go without making any errors which i always thought was a little stupid as far as the errors go against a pitcher but that's a whole nother story but yeah i mean you don't just rob the pitcher you rob the fan base you rob all the guys who've been out there history you know exactly history i mean i'm looking it up right now because i just want to prove my point but i don't know how many perfect games there have been in, in baseball history 23 Ever. Uh, yeah, 23 perfect games, 23 in 140, 50. I forget when baseball was invented, <laughs> 1890s, whatever. 100, we'll say 125 years, 162 games in a season. I know that's been altered throughout, but 23 perfect games. And you're going to pull a guy in seven innings when he has a chance, bro. Fuck you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Like, all right, there it is. There's my F word for the next three episodes. Here, here's the thing, man. And, and Kershaw's already, he's been there, done that. He has a World Series. He has multiple Cy Young's won. Like, if if I blew out my arm going for a perfect game at 36, 37, 38 years old, I wouldn't even have a problem with it. I'd be like, look, I've, I've devoted my entire life to baseball. I pitched for one team my entire career. And you want to rob me of that because you're – worried about my injury concerns like i'm a grown-ass man let me let me make that decision like i i, I could go down as the 24th pitcher there's there's been 200 over 235,500 games played and yep. 23 perfect games like that's like winning the lottery almost so come on man like i'm i'm totally on boat on board with you with that dave roberts is a clown for pulling him that that just that should not have happened. Like I would be very upset. I'd be upset if I was his parents, his friend, anybody. Like that's a Dodgers fan. Even as a baseball fan, you should you should not. And I remember Brent going absolutely off about this, similar to how we are. Um, but <laughs> yeah, that that's just you can't you can't do that. Like you got to let the guy. And especially like I said, he's already he's not a twenty two year old kid. Like he's 
been there, done that. He's achieved everything that he probably wanted to and more. And and to rob him, to strip him of that. And then actually they uh they gave up a run, so they blew the shutout and everything when he came out. So that game was. And I mean, res- they won, but yeah. respect to Kershaw too. I remember him saying something about you know he was on a pitch count that had been decided ahead of the game, right around I think it was like a hundred pitches, and I mean he was. It blew my mind, like you said. You know, it could have been the twenty fourth guy to have a perfect game, and he was like, "Hey, you know, I understand the decision, and I'm on board." It's like that just shows character. That shows competitiveness of like, if you don't think we can win the game with me in there, you know, you make what's best for the team. That shows a lot of respect for your coach, for you know, for the skipper. But in my case, I'm gonna say it again: hide your kids, hide your wife. Fuck you. You should not be pulling a man out of a game with that many perfect innings. Okay, anyway, moving on here to one more. JD's, JD's auditioning for the Dodgers managerial position, I think. That's what the, that's what this pod has been about. No, 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 no. I, I'd throw way, way too many hands. I'd probably set a record for the most ejections in a season, honestly. Like, no, nah, oh, just stupid, stupid calls. I'd be out there, you know, giving the guys chest bumps and flipping the bat for them and stuff like that, you know. Anyway, um, going into one more rule, which I have not heard a single podcast speak positively on this fan in the van had a good take on this Jim over at fan in the van, you know, 1420. We plugged them like five times. Now we love you guys. We appreciate you guys, but they hated this. Uh, there's just so many podcasts, the extra innings rule, a base runner at the 10, starting in the 10th inning and every inning afterwards, there will be a base runner starting on second base. You want to shorten games, and you're telling me that you're going to give them no outs and put a guy in scoring position every single inning? You're out of your flipping mind, man. Like, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. I've used up all my profanity for this this episode. Aaron, what do you think? Yeah, I haven't used profanity. Like, it was, really, it was about the, the Orioles, uh, but really, I've gone away from it. So, I've I've, re- I've reined it in as JD has, has let it fly, but I got, no you know, no issue there uh, whatsoever. <laughs> uh, but, I mean... I go see. I, I've tried to like compartmentalize this whole thing, like to try and see it from both perspectives. And I, the more I think about it, I I do understand it. I what I think they should have done if they were gonna do this is give the, each team one out and put a guy on second. Don't do the yeah. zero outs and guy on second. That's fair. It's not like where you know what was it before in the NFL? If you go down the field, score a touchdown, it's over. The other team didn't even get a possession. I hated that. I hate, I didn't think that was fair whatsoever. And then they're going to say, well, you have a defense. Okay. Well, if your defense has been on the field all game, good luck with that. You know what I mean? Right. I don't, I don't agree with that. Each team should have the same opportunity. So I think baseball has that part of it. Correct. Like, it's not like they can, you know, obviously the home team, if they score one more run than the away team, then they win it because they have the, the bottom of the inning and that, and that's it. But I think if they, if they instituted one out with a guy on second, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I, I totally get trying to shorten games because, you know, you don't want people's – I mean, if you're throwing the bullpen out there for an 18-inning game, it's going to turn into a fiasco the next day. So I, plus, I understand that. Plus but, the radio – you know, plus the network radio stations. Plus the networks have, you know, a time slot carved out for games. And, I mean, I'm sure that's a nightmare for them when they got to – I mean, sometimes they just cut games, if I remember correctly. I mean, a playoff game <laughs> yeah. you wouldn't do, but they just cut games off. And then you got fans that are sitting there for four hours. And they're like, oh, now I can't even see the game. And MLB's like, yeah, you can here. Pay $198.38 and you can get MLB free or MLB online. You can watch every single game. No, 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 no. I want to sit on Fox Sports ESPN with my overpriced <laughs> package already and watch, watch watch the full game, dang it. All right, anyway, continue. 
No, that that's pretty much. I mean, yeah, it's. I don't know how you do it without putting a guy. Like, I don't. I, I don't know what the solution is. That's my problem. Like, I I can sit here and bash it and and go off and throw things and break TVs and everything else, but <laughs> we're um, not Cowboys fans, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, did you? Not to go into football, but did you see that Eagles fan? That was, oh man, that was that was some funny stuff. I'm no, I was just lie. throwing shade at the Cowboys. Eagles fans are ridiculous. <laughs> As a diehard Eagles fan, like some of us are out of our minds, bro. He so. was <laughs> smashing that TV with his fist. The Cowboys fan. Oh well, no, they both punched. But yeah, that that Eagles fan, bang bang, but just over and over and over. I mean, I think not to go off on, on any tangents, but I think some of those, uh, if not all, of those are set up to get views anyway. Like. If I was if I was mad enough, I'd be like, all right, you know, record this. Maybe at least I'll go viral and, and cover the cross right. of the TV. But, right, right. Seriously, seriously. But yeah, I mean, I mean, what would your? I'll ask you this, and and I know we're wrap, wrapping things up here, but like, what would your solution to? Because I don't think they should go back to having nobody on, no out. Like that that does prolong these games in the 18, 19, 20 innings. See that that's tough, man. Because as much as I like changing the game. I don't like that change whatsoever. I don't know if I would do anything with it. You know, if we're going to, if we're going to instigate, I don't like the shift thing. I'll be completely honest. I don't like the shift thing. Um, If you want to just shorten the games, you know, the pitch clock or the counter. I like that. The ball rule. I like that, but not being able to shift, you're going to get more hits. You're going to get more runs. The game's probably going to be prolonged anyway. So now you have to keep this 10th inning thing just to try to shorten it even more. Isn't that funny, man? They're kind of stepping on their own feet because to like to get rid of the shift, like you just said, there's going to be more. Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones. Okay, (laughs) go ahead. Because I heard somebody, I forget who else. It might have been the Michael K show. Not that they're going to listen to our show, but I'll plug them anyway. They were they were talking about how with banning the shift, there's going to be more hits, more runs, more pitching changes. Like, is that not going to prolong the game? I absolutely think it will. Like, so. Instead of three, two Are these games, things going to offset themselves, three, two games and, you know, 10, 11 innings, we might have, you know, nine, eight games or seven, six games. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, how's that going to affect the bullpen? You know, these these analytics, the nerds are going to have to work even harder. You know, they better up their salary, too. You know, I don't know what they're paying them now. But and again, just just as a disclaimer, I'm a huge nerd. Uh, I love statistics. When I was growing up, I studied the back of baseball cards, basketball, football cards. I used to be able to tell you, you know, in. Now I'm dating myself a little bit here, like in 1999, you know, so-and-so hit 380. Well, no, that's not right. Anyway, so-and-so hit 283 with 28 home runs and 112 runs batted in. He struck out this. Like, I used to be able to tell people all those stats. So, like, I love analytics. I love nerd stuff. But y'all are making this game ridiculous. It's no fun. <laughs> it's just no fun. Anyway, um, so as far as, you know, to make a long story short, as you would say, and I'm going to I'm going to say this I haven't said it in a while. Time will see. Time will see. We're going to give it give it some time to, and we'll find out how it goes. In my opinion, I I don't like that 10th inning thing. I know they did that last year. So it'd be kind of tough to just be like, all right, we're going to take it away this year. And then if we need it, we'll throw it back next year. Like that that doesn't work. I you know, I, I get that. But I personally don't think I don't think there's any solution to it. I think you should just let them play baseball and you should. Oh, I get it. You should slash the prices to make it more affordable for the average working man or woman to get the MLB package so that they can watch the extra inning games when the network goes off. All right. That's my solution. <laughs> I agree with. Yeah. I mean, 
I'm not going to pretend that I'm a businessman or anything like that as far as like running the Major League Baseball. I'm sure they 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 try and make the best decisions in interest of making money. At the end of the yes. day, it's just like the NFL. It's all about money. So, but look at it this way, man. Like if you charged, let's just say, let's run off like the Planet Fitness business model. What if you charge everybody $10 a month to watch the MLB? Would there not be millions of eyeballs on the MLB constantly? And then advertisers would have to pay more to advertise on the MLB. Like that seems like every, it would make more sense. Like if you get, if you get uh, 18 out of a hundred people to buy the MLB package, because it's however much money versus 75 out of a hundred people to buy it, there's going to be more people watching it. And that's what you want. You want more viewership. So I, I don't know. I think baseball has always been behind the eight ball in a lot of different ways. And they, they try and make these these quick changes and fix it, but it, it, I think it's an institutional problem. I think it's from the top down that they, they – even this – Bud Selig retired a few years back as the commissioner. He wasn't great. This new guy, you can argue, is worse. Rob Manford, he might be worse. So it's a shame. I, I think – I like the rule change. I like that they're doing something because baseball seems to never do anything. But, um, yeah, we'll we'll see. I, I, I don't know. I, we'll, time, will, time will see. Too many implementations of new rules at once. That's what that's what I'm saying. So, but uh, yeah, we have run out of time here, bro. I think we uh hit some of these topics out of the park. Didn't strike out very often. Not gonna pull a Ryan Howard. Um, <laughs> so who are we shout out, shouting out today, man? I mean, we already plugged him once, but we got to shout out our main guys. Who are we shouting out? We fought, we plugged him like four times, but we'll shout him out again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll say it once. I'll I'll say it again. Uh, you know, shout, shout out the fourteen twenty sports bar podcast so that's a mouthful um but definitely go check those guys out brent and dave as they uh consistently push all that all the great content that they do check out jim at fan the van and uh level the playing field and and i know jd has a couple more shout outs for us i mean yeah check out we like sports podcast that's sports with a z they have a lot of good articles interesting podcasts as well check them out a lot of different sports as their name says um also you know follow us on twitter check us out at our twitter Twiddle. I said this last time. Twiddle <laughs> handle. Twiddle D. Twiddle dumb. Twitter handle. Brutally honest. That's brutally honest without the T because Twitter won't give us the T. Check us out there. You know, check out whatever Aaron posts about, you know, the Orioles. I don't know. You know, <laughs> shout us out there. Send any DMs. Let, letting us know what you think about the show. If you're listening on Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening, if you can give us a rating, we'd appreciate it. Share with your friends. And yeah, Major League Baseball is coming. We'll be following it close, giving you that brutally honest analysis.